In December 1979, over a thousand Radio Bristol listeners gathered at the Roman Catholic Cathedral in Clifton for a Christmas celebration. The programme was presented by me, Adrian Moore, or, as I was known then, Adrian J. Welcome to Radio Bristol's Christmas celebration. This is now the sixth occasion that we've met together like this to sing carols, to hear the Christmas story, and to capture the true spirit of Christmas. Although the main events of that first Christmas day remain unchanged, the way the story unfolds each year can be very different, especially in song. 
if the number of new and adventurous carols written every year are anything to go by. Likewise, the settings change. This very cathedral is one of the most modern in Britain, and with its amazing use of concrete pillars soaring into the sky. And yet, we do love the familiar, the carols that we've sung every year for as long as we can remember. Silent Night, O Come All Ye Faithful, and of course, we'll be singing these. But we'll also be hearing some new Christmas music, and with the help of many familiar Radio Bristol voices, including, for the very first time, our news reporters, we'll be telling the Christmas story. Our first reading comes from the opening of St. John's Gospel and is read by Jerry Parker. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things came to be. Not one thing had its being but through him. All that came to be had life in him, and that life was the light of men, a light that shines in the dark, a light that darkness could not overpower. A man came sent by God. His name was John. He came as a witness, as a witness to speak for the light, so that everyone might believe through him. He was not the light, only a witness to speak for the light. The word was the true light that enlightens all men, and he was coming into the world. He was in the world that had its being through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own domain, and his own people did not accept him. But all who did accept him had been given power to become children of God to all who believe in the name of him, who had been born not of human stock or urge of the flesh or will of men, but of God himself. The word was made flesh. He lived among us, and, was, and we saw his glory, the glory that is his, as the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth.
The candle has always been a symbol of Jesus as the light of the world. A star in the east led the wise men to where Jesus lay. These two themes were brought together in 1942 when the English composer Michael Head wrote his carol, Star Candles. To sing it now are the Radio Bristol Singers, directed by Mary Hale. singers. After Mary had learned that she was going to give birth to no ordinary baby, she praised God in a song of thanksgiving. We know this today as the Magnificat, and in a moment Jenny Mills will read these words to the accompaniment of a guitar played by Louis Robinson. But first, with the story that led to Mary's outburst of joy, here's John Turner reading from the first chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered this, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had borne a son, and he called his name Jesus. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath helped his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed, forever. Jenny Mills and Louis Robinson. Christmas is always a memorable occasion, especially if you're newly married, and it's the first Christmas you've spent together as husband and wife. Well, this is the case for Alison Freeman, whose name only a few months ago was Clark. Well, hers was one of three weddings at Radio Bristol this year. So here's Alison now with a prayer for Christmas. Jesus, Son of God, Help us to get our thinking straight about Christmas. May we see it not just as a story from the past, but as possessing great truths for our world today. Jesus, born in a stable, may we honor you by serving those who are homeless now. Jesus, refugee in Egypt, may our concern for today's refugees be part of our worship to you. Jesus, bringer of peace, may our striving for peace in the world be part of our Christmas offering to you. Jesus, who received gifts from men, help us to give ourselves to you, that you may make us the kind of people you want us to be, that you may show us the kind of life you want us to lead. Jesus, who gave all for us, accept our lives and set them on fire with love for you and all mankind. Jesus Christ, our Saviour, our Lord. 
Amen. Christmas celebration wouldn't be the same without a contribution from Spike and Ed. They've been with us now on each occasion. This year they're joined by some of the Hopscotch children and their first song was written by Spike and it's called Flower in the Snow.
Spike and Ed and Flower in the Snow. And now, as all the best radio announcers say, they'll be back after the news. Not today's news, but the news of 2,000 years ago, because we wondered how the stories that made the headlines then would have been reported if radio had been available. To do this, we go over now to our new studio where we join Norman Rickard. <laughs> One of the most bloody and barbaric civilian massacres of recent times has taken place in Bethlehem, where every infant boy under the age of two has been slaughtered. We bring you a special report. There's been a major political shake-up in Rome. It seems likely that a 15-year-old boy could be the next emperor. And again in Bethlehem, we investigate the mystery surrounding a group of astrologers who followed a star to this small Judean town. We begin with the grim news from Bethlehem and an on-the-spot report from our own correspondent there, Andy Batten-Foster. As I speak to you from outside the small synagogue here, the wailing of the bereaved fills the air. The whole of Bethlehem mourns its infant dead. Between 30 and 40 male babies of under two years old have been slaughtered by King Herod's troops in one of the most bloody acts of recent times. The soldiers took the population completely by surprise. They burst into the homes of this small hillside town, their short stabbing swords in their hands, and it was all over in a matter of minutes. It's believed that Herod ordered the massacre after hearing that a group of visiting astrologers were trying to locate a baby who'd just been born in the area. Well, those astrologers claim the newborn baby would someday become king of the Jews. Now, people here say that King Herod was clearly out to kill off any future threat to his line. Bethlehem was the birthplace, of course, of the great King David a thousand years ago, and Herod evidently thought history may repeat itself. Well, these swift and brutal measures to deal with any threat to his position are typical of Herod. Recently, he executed a number of his subjects who refused to take the oath of allegiance and who publicly predicted that Herod's throne would be taken from him and his descendants. Well, now, as grief-stricken Bethlehem buries its infant dead, 
I return you to the studio. Just before we leave you, have you been able to find out anything at all about these astrologers? Well, no, not so far. But I am hoping to get an interview with a local innkeeper to see if he can cast any more light on this, this gruesome affair. I'll come back to you with another report before you go off the air. There's been a major political shake-up in Rome. In a sensational announcement, the 15-year-old grandson of Caesar Augustus has been appointed consul-elect and could be the next emperor. This news has led to the resignation of the military commander Tiberius, who's well known for his successful campaigns in the east, in Persia, and in the north of Germany. Tiberius, who is married to the emperor's daughter, was thought to be the undisputed successor to Augustus. But after today's events, Tiberius' political career lies in ruins, and it's rumoured that he has already left Rome. Now we return to the subject of the mysterious astrologers whose search for a newborn child is believed to have triggered off the Bethlehem baby massacre. On the line from Jerusalem is Tina Jenkins. My news is that the astrologers had seen the rising of a special star, which they believe heralded the birth of a new king in Judea. This would not be unprecedented in history. It's said that a special star arose at the birth of both Alexander the Great and Mephrodites, king of Pontus, who was defeated by the Romans 60 years ago, bringing Syria and Judea under Roman rule in the first place. The astrologers, it seems, not only followed the star, hoping that it would lead them to the new king, but made their search known to King Herod and his court. While they were at Herod's court, rabbis told them that according to the ancient prophet Micah, a ruler of Israel would be born in David's town of Bethlehem. Herod obviously got to know of this and was greatly disturbed by the information. He asked the astrologers to inform him if they found the baby because he wished to pay his respects to any future king. But as far as we know, the astrologers never returned to Jerusalem and nothing has ever been heard or seen of them since. This is Tina Jenkins in Jerusalem. Let's return now to Andy Batten Foster in Bethlehem, who I hope has managed to speak to the local innkeeper. Yes, I have some intriguing information for you. I'm now standing on a hillside just outside the village amongst grazing sheep. I've discovered that the astrologers did indeed come to Bethlehem. When I spoke to the local innkeeper just a short while ago, he told me that because of the census, the town had been very crowded. But he did recall one young couple who were expecting a baby. He said he had no room at his inn, but he did offer them his stable, which they gladly accepted as their baby was due at any moment. Well, while the young couple were there, the child was born, but, and this is the really interesting point, the innkeeper was most emphatic that this was no ordinary child. First, several shepherds suddenly appeared who seemed to know that the child was there. Then some foreigners, obviously the mysterious astrologers we've heard so much about, they also arrived, bearing expensive gifts of gold and spices. Mind you, I can find no trace of either the astrologers or the family itself, although the innkeeper assures me that the parents and child did leave Bethlehem before the massacre. However, I have tracked down one of the shepherds who visited the child in the stable. Now, he's just told me of a night on which an angel appeared and said that a child who would be the Messiah had just been born in Bethlehem. They were to go to Bethlehem and look for an infant who'd been born in a stable. The shepherds had hurried into the town and found the child just as the angel had said. So it does seem that something very significant may well have taken place here. Rich and lowly, one and all 
a-coming to the stable hall. Come the cows and come the sheep, come the children for a feed. And it's oh, Jesus is gone. Oh, little Jesus come in Hallelujah, Jesus come and go. Go tell the story, everyone. Sick and sinners all the same. Forget their beds, forget they are lame. They never knew that they could run until the Son of Man had come. And it's all oh, Jesus come. Oh, in Jesus come. Go tell the story, everyone. Kings and wise men riding tall have bowed their heads down at the stall. That's the place for us to be. Love your neighbors all. It's free, it's so. Go tell the story, everyone. Moon and stars and shining sun, Lord of all, little Jesus, come. Born to die to save us all, to cross on high from a lowly store. Oh, Jesus, come. Oh, Jesus, come. Go tell the story all together and it's so Bloomfield's Christmas Calypso, sung there by Spike and Ed, and from where I'm standing, it sounded as most people were joining in, but just in case you held back a little, let's change the pace, and one that we can all join in with, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
the Radio Bristol singers now, this time with a carol called Mary's Lullaby. Dear friends, let us love one another because love comes from God. Whoever loves is a child of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. And God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. This is what love is. It's not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Now, if this is how God loved us, then we should love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in union with us, and his love is made perfect in us. We are sure that we live in union with God and that he lives in union with us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and tell others that the Father sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. If anyone declares that Jesus is the Son of God, he 
He lives in union with God, and God lives in union with him. And we ourselves know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. And whoever lives in love lives in union with God, and God lives in union with him. Peter Lawrence, reading from the first letter of John, chapter 4. The translation was that of the Good News Bible. Well, two very familiar carols are the Coventry Carol and God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Roger Bennett and John Merchant have combined these in an interesting arrangement for cathedral organ and soprano saxophone, with a touch of clarinet added for good measure.
Roger Bennett and John Merchant in fine form. Well, we've almost come to the end of our Radio Bristol Christmas celebration for 1979. In a moment, the Reverend Andy Radford will lead us in our closing prayer and blessing. Well, I hope that we've helped to bring to you here in the Clifton Cathedral and at home or wherever you're listening, the wonderful message of Christmas. And while we're in this gentle mood, let's all sing together the ever-popular Silent Night. Let us just bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and we thank you for this time that we have spent together in celebration. Help us to always show in our lives the things that we believe in our hearts, and that through acts of kindness and words of goodwill, we may spread the spirit of him whose birthday we now keep 
to those for whom Christmas brings little joy. We pray for those of our family and friends who at the moment are ill or sad. Please may they know the healing and comfort of your love. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.
You've been listening to Radio Bristol's Christmas Celebration, which came from the Clifton Cathedral in Bristol. The organist was John Merchant. The Radio Bristol singers were conducted by Mary Hale, and the pianist was Graham Rawlings. The sound engineers were John Hawley and David Scott. The programme was introduced by Adrian Jay and produced by Andy Radford. We would like to take this opportunity to thank Monsignor Hughes and the staff of Clifton Cathedral for their kind help and cooperation in this venture. <laughs>